Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. We do want to welcome all of you that are, that, that are all of you that are connecting with us. Um, and and wow, is 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 this different or what? Um, the truth is, uh, I've pastored for many, many, many years now, and it's actually easier to teach, easier to preach when you've got a lot of people than it is to uh, to just uh, actually be speaking to what seems to be an empty building for the most part. But I believe that a lot of you are connecting with us out uh, on Facebook, and we're glad that you could be with us today. Um, this uh, past week, I, I saw someone that was wearing a T-shirt, and across the T-shirt were the words that said, the church has left the building. And there's, there's a lot of truth to that today, but also it reminds us that the church is not the building, that you are the church as believers. Um, today and perhaps for, uh, and for, and for next week for us, but for the next few weeks for several churches uh, across our nation are actually streaming live. They're, they are on Facebook or other media devices that they're using to communicate with their congregation with all those that tune in. Now, it doesn't take the place of all of us getting together and spending that time together in worship, of course. But as I was thinking about that and thinking about how many churches are actually doing this sort of thing for the first time, then I couldn't help but remember that back in in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talks about Satan being the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of the air, and uh, that there's spiritual wickedness in high places in the air. And so I thought, ah, you know, what about that? What, what about the devil who's supposed to be the prince of the power of the air, the air waves, and now the church more than ever, now the gospel more than ever is going out over airwaves or connecting with people across the country. And I, I praise God. I praise God for that. With everything that's happening today and uh, and I don't have to tell you about that. Everyone knows the things that uh, we're dealing with. I need to ask you a question. What's really dominating your thoughts? And what are you focusing on? We're going to take just a few moments this morning to look at some things in the Word and point out some important things about uh, a question we need to ask ourselves, and that is, uh, what am I looking at? So I need to ask you a question this morning. What are you looking at? Now, to some that may sound grammatically incorrect, but at what are you looking just is not right. That won't work for us, especially down south. But what are you looking at? Where's your focus? You know, things have changed so drastically for us over the last couple of weeks or so. It was nothing in life to go out and shop and to go to different stores and the shelves were full. You can make your selections and uh, go out to eat in, in a restaurant and all the sporting activities and the concerts and the get-togethers, and that was our way of life. And we expect that that's going to return as a part of our way of life. But now things have taken that drastic turn, and for many people, uh, it's affected them in, uh, in some negative ways, and it's a real challenge for a lot of people today. It's a real challenge for some physically. It's a challenge for others as far as the economy is concerned, as far as their livelihood. 
And uh, that's why it's important for us to stand together. That's why it's important for the church to, to pray together. And so I ask a question this morning, where are you looking? Um, it's important that you, you're careful, that you be careful what you're looking at. There have been times when I've been driving down the road and um, uh, you, something catches your eye. Now, I like traveling down the smaller roads because there's a lot of different things of scenery around you and enjoy that. You know, uh, the interstate can get pretty dull and boring. So you drive down those roads, but something catches my eye. I have a tendency to kind of look over and, and, and take that in. But I'm, I'm kind of reminded by my wife there that's to keep your eyes on the road because what's happened is as I've looked off to the side there, then the car has begun going that direction also. So in many ways, you go where you're looking. I remember the story of a woman that was driving out west, and as she was driving to reach a, a city not too far away, she ran into a snowstorm, and there's almost zero visibility. And she was struggling along, crawling along, driving there. And suddenly she saw just right in front of her, she saw this large truck that, was, uh, that was a, a, had a snowplow on it. She thought, all right, that's perfect. I'll just get behind this truck, this snowplow, and I'll just follow him because that way I can, I can, I'll know where I'm going. So I'm just going to look at it and follow it. So she got up behind that and she followed it for, for about 30 minutes. She was just following the truck. And then finally the truck stops and the driver jumps out and comes up to her there and says, ma'am, what, what are you doing? She says, well, I've, uh, I'm, I'm following you. I, I'm watching you so I'll know where to go. And she says, he says, ma'am, for the last 30 minutes, I've been plowing this parking lot. The truth is, I ain't going nowhere. So you have to be careful where you're looking. It may take you places you don't want to go. Let me point out just a few things uh, in the Bible. And you may go to some of these verses or just listen as I, as I cover these things. First of all, go back in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, chapter 21. There's this, and for, for our lifetime, and for many of us, this seems to be a, a kind of strange, unusual account. But what had happened was Israel... The children of God had been set free from slavery. They had been in slavery in Egypt, and they had been set free, and that God had promised them that they could go to the land of Canaan, the promised land. So they began on that journey. And as they were journeying, they came up against a lot of obstacles, whatever, but finally they got to the entranceway of the promised land. But unfortunately, the majority of the people, uh, they... They were looking at the obstacles, and they were afraid of what was ahead of them, and so they would not enter. So they rejected, turned against the promise of God, the opportunities he put before them. And because of that, they were forced to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Eleven, What should have been eleven, about 11 or 12-day journey turned into 40 years. And as, and as it happened with them from time to time, they would complain, murmur about this or that. If something wasn't going right, they would focus on what was going wrong. So that was what was going on. And in one of these instances when it happened, that judgment came upon them. And it says that fiery serpents or poisonous snakes came among them and many people were bitten and they died. So they began to cry out for help. And Moses cried out to God, and God told Moses, what you need to do is, is to get this stick, this pole, and make a brazen or brass figure replica of a serpent and put it on it, and then tell the people that when you hold this up, if they'll look, if they'll look at it, then they'll be healed. They'll live. And so he did exactly that, and that's exactly what happened. Now, 
it seems a little bit strange, but then when you begin to see that actually it was a foreshadowing of the cross, that Jesus became sin for us. A serpent represented sin, rebellion against God, evil, wickedness. But Jesus took our place, became sin for us on the cross, on the pole, on the cross, so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. It's important to know what you're looking at. And they had to look at that pole in faith to receive from God in the same way for you and I. That for us to receive from God, we have to look at him, look to him, look into his word and receive by faith. So very important. And I remember also the story, some of you know, uh, uh, in the Old Testament, the story of a man named by, uh, his name is Gehazi, and he is the servant of the prophet Elisha. And what had happened is Elisha had been receiving words from God and he'd been assisting Israel telling them things that the enemy was going to try to do against them. And so the enemy was quite alarmed by that. And so the Syrians or the, uh, uh, determined they would come against him. They wanted to take him captive uh, because of the help that he was giving Israel. So the armies were coming to surround him. And what happened was one morning, it says in 2 Kings, it says, when the servants of the man of God... When Gehazi got up early the next morning, went outside, and he saw all these troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And, and then when he saw this, he went running back to Elijah, and he said, Oh, sir, what will we do now? And here's what Elijah said. He said, Don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Well, now I can't imagine what must have gone through the servant's mind at that particular moment. He said, Elijah, you don't understand. You haven't seen what I've seen. And it's because, uh, it's because for Elijah, he was seeing something differently. He was looking at something different. Verse 16, where he says, don't be afraid. In verse 17, it says, then Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And it says, the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around them was covered, was filled with horses and chariots of fire. You see, it was important what he looked at. It, it, his outlook affected him so very much. I think of the disciples, at least on a couple occasions uh, on the Sea of Galilee. A storm came up suddenly, and they were afraid that they were going to sink. Jesus was taking a nap. He was on board the ship. They ran to him and said, don't you care? Don't you see? Look at what's going on around us. And so, of course, we know the account that Jesus stood up and he said, look, why, why do you have so little faith? And then he spoke to the, the winds and the waves and they were still. Everything was calm. And the problem was they were looking at the storm rather than looking at who they had on board. And then the disciples at one point were caught in a storm again. And then they saw something go across the waters. They thought it was a ghost, but it ended up being Jesus miraculously walking across the waters. Peter, of course, says, hey, Jesus, if it's you, let me come to you. Jesus says, come on. Peter gets out of the boat, begins to walk. And as long as he's looking at Jesus, everything's okay. But when he begins to look at the wrong things, the dangers, the impossibilities, uh, when he begins to look at that, he begins to fall and he has to cry out to the Lord. It's important what you look at. And I think about over in Matthew chapter 14, uh, Beginning with verse 13, it says, Jesus uh, had 
left the boat and gone to a remote place. And after he did that, the people heard about that, and they came from towns, surrounding towns, and they gathered around where he was. And it says that he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Verse 15 says, that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. We don't have any food. Send them away to town, to the towns nearby so they can get food. Now think about it. What were they looking at? What were they focusing on? They said, this is a remote place. we're We're in a bad place. And it's getting late. It seems like time is running out. And thirdly, they said, we don't have any provision or food. What are we going to do? I love Jesus' response in verse 16. He said, uh, he, he says, he says, it's not necessary to send them away to feed for them to have something to eat. So they had five loaves and two fish, we know. And what did he say? He told them, bring them here to me. And he told the people to sit down, get organized. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And here's what it says. Here's what it says, verse 18. He says, he looked toward heaven and he blessed them. And of course, he broke the loaves into pieces. And they distributed it. Everyone ate all they wanted. There's 12 baskets left over. You see, they were looking at the circumstances. It was a remote place. They were running out of time. And there was no food. But they needed to be looking in faith to him. The provision. You see, it says when he looked to heaven, the provision came. For us, no matter what kind of situation we're facing, it's important for us to look into his word, his promises, and look to him because he's our provision. Miraculously, when we put these things in his hand, miraculous when we believe on him and his word, what does he do? He blesses. He blesses and multiplies in ways that are miraculous and are amazing to us. Now, it's important he had something to work with that someone gave him to work with, the five loaves and two fish. So it's important for us to, to do what we can do. It's important for us to put our lives and our situation into his hand, but then just believe that his favor is going to be on it and he's going to bless. One other account in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, now, in the light of the world we're living in right now, think about this. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, because people were all worried and upset because uh, they were afraid what was going to happen to them, where they would have enough money, where they'd have enough food, and what was going to happen to them in the future. And he says, therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, he says there's more important things than these. Well, it doesn't seem like it at times, does it? I went online here a couple of days ago, when I began to look up at a lot of the, a lot of the, the food, the survival food uh, containers, and the large supply of survival foods, you used to go online, and there were just all all kinds of that available. And then when you had to go online, and look at these things now, it's sold, 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 and it shows the response of people to say, you know, we're worried. We've got to do something about this. We've got to take action. Now, let me say in this place, folks, for all that's watching that it's important for us to use good common sense. And it's important for us to do our part. It's important for us to plan ahead. It's not right for us to worry. It's not right for us to hoard or take for ourselves and keep someone else from having. It's important for us to plan and do our part, but to understand we're not supposed to live in any state of worry that we trust him as our provision. 
We don't rely on what we do. We rely on who he is and what he does. And he was saying, look, there's more important things than, than what, you, what you see right now. And there are more important things in life. Verse 26, he says, look at the birds. It's important what you look at, folks. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more important than they are? Then a little bit further down in verse 28, he says, consider or look at the lilies, the plants. Look at the lilies, the flowers, how they grow. They don't toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And then down, he, he goes down in verse 31, New Living Translation, he says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Plan ahead. Do your part, but don't live in worry. Understand that we are to live in faith and not worry. We're supposed to look to him. Verse 32 says, these things dominate these things of what you will eat, what you will wear, all these things, what do they do? They dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Now, you as a follower of Christ, these types of fears, this type of panic is not supposed to dominate our lives. Our focus is going to be on him. Our relationship with him is more important than anything else. And he'll show us what to do. And he will direct us in decisions that we make. And he'll provide for us. And that's where we have to rest. He, he closes things out. Very important. Verse 33 where he says, so in all this situation, it's important for you to seek the kingdom of God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So it's important for us to set our eyes not on this kingdom around us, but set our eyes on the kingdom of God over his rule in our life. One other thing I want to mention in Hebrews chapter 12 uh, it talks about being surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, people who have walked out difficult situations, but they've kept their faith and they've walked in faith. And uh, he, he tells us that we're to run with endurance the race that God has set before us. In other words, persevere, be patient, endure. You can, you can make it. Verse 2, the Amplified Bible says, do all of this. He says, looking away from all that distracts you. Now think about this a minute. What are you looking at? Look away from what is distracting you and focus your eyes or fix your eyes on Jesus, who's the author, the initiator, and the completer of your faith. A lot of people, uh, when we go through things like this, and especially in the day which we're living, we see things rather unusual, extraordinary things happen. We say, well, is this the end of time as we know it? I think that's probably on, on the mind of a lot of people. They're looking, they're looking at what's happening in the world. And it's important for us to discern the seasons. It's important for us to be aware of things that are happening around us. Sometimes they are signs. Sometimes they, they represent something that God is saying to us and saying to the world, saying to the church in particular today. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 21. And people say, is this really the last days? Is what some of the things we're going through right now, is this a sign that Jesus is coming again? Soon. Well, let me read you these verses. Uh, Luke chapter 21, beginning of verse 25 says, And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And on the earth there will be distress, anguish among the nations. The sea and the waves roar. And men's hearts will be, uh, will be fainting them. 
their hearts will be fainting from fear of those things that are coming on the earth. People will be terrified, fainting from fear, dreading things to come, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. That's scripture that's given in the New Testament. Jesus gives says, this, when you, in the last days, these are some of the things that you're going to see. Well, some of these things have happened, of course, before uh, year, years ago, you know, decades ago, centuries ago for some of them. These, these types of things have been happening. But they are happening in a greater way, I think, in this day and time. I think they're more significant. I think their occurrence is a lot more now. So, yes, I think we're coming to a time where we're closer to the return of Jesus. What does that mean? Does that mean that what's going on right now means that Jesus, uh, that this is just setting us up for the return of Christ? Are we going to go through these difficult times of, of struggle here on earth for a while before he comes? Here's the important thing, and there's a lot of different teaching and ideas on this. It's important for us to study. It's important for us to be aware, first of all, that he is coming, that Jesus is returning. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. But when we see things happening, like what's going on in the world, it may be going on in your, your family, your home right now, then oftentimes people begin to wring their hands and they're worried and they're upset. What are we supposed to do? What, what's happening right now? Um, we are seeing these signs. And we are living in the last days, but we don't know what that means as far as the length of time. We don't know how soon Jesus will come. But we know that in these last days, we'll see things happening like this. More important, it's more important than ever that we keep our focus on him. It's more important than ever that we keep our faith in him. It's more important than ever that we look at the things he's called us to look at, that we focus on the things that will keep us in a place of faith and confidence. So very important. I would remind you that verse 28 actually says all these things are going to be happening. All these, uh, these, these things that can be scary. When you see all these things unfolding on the earth, here's what he says in verse 28. Now, when these things happen, when you see these things happen, here's what Jesus says. Stand and look up, for your redemption is drawing near. In other words, help's on the way. So instead of particularly believers being all upset and afraid about this, could Jesus be coming again soon? Is life ending the way we know it? Uh, at this point in time, we don't see really any indication of that. I'm just saying that hey, we don't know exactly when he's coming. But we don't have to be afraid in panic and disturbed over some of the things that are going on in the earth today and maybe the things that are coming ahead of us in the months or years to come. The important thing is to look up to him. No matter what you're facing right now, look up. Don't look down. Don't look around. Look up. That's where we should be focusing. And when we do that, then he's going to change our whole outlook on life. It's important for us to say here before we close out, it's important for me to say that if we are, that whether we're living during these, this time that we're living in these days or if everything's going well, everything's working out, there seems to be no real huge problems in the earth. Things, life's going on the way it normally has gone on for you. Regardless of the situation, the most important thing 
the most important thing you can do is to trust Jesus as your Savior. He is coming again soon. And when we, things change so drastically and all of a sudden the routine of life has made a major shift, then it's important for us to realize that life as we know it's not going to go on forever. And there's one thing that counts, and that's where you and I are going to spend eternity. And are we trusting and following Jesus Christ as our Savior who died on the cross for you? So whoever you are that's watching and listening, just one important, the most important question that you could ever, ever be asked is, do you know Jesus Christ personally as your Savior? Have you trusted him? You make a decision to follow him. And when you make a decision to look to him and follow him, then it'll help you walk through these days and walk through them with confidence and overcoming fear, and he'll be your provider. Make that decision. If you haven't made it, make that decision today. Pray with your family. Make sure your family are walking out this life of faith of following Christ. Now, let me mention four things, and then, then we're going to go. When we talk about what we're going to look at, number one, it's important to look at and focus on the positive things rather than the negative. Now, that's quite a challenge, isn't it? People, what are you bombarded with 24 hours a day? Look at the news that, look at the news that's out there every day. And have you noticed how tempting it is for people to follow every little detail of every little change, every, everything that's occurring, not just daily, but almost moment by moment? It's important for us. It, we need to, to be somewhat updated. It's, it's nothing wrong with us knowing what's going on in the world or what the situation is, to be informed. Nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is we can become consumed with all the negativism. We can be consumed with the problem rather than the solution. We can be consumed with the sickness rather than the healer. We can be consumed with the darkness rather than the light and the life. Don't let everything that's happening that you hear about on the news or all those things that's happening maybe around your own household or in your life. Don't let that, don't let that become the focus. I, it's going to take a deliberate effort and decision on your part to keep that from becoming a focus of your life. What you have to do is to replace those things with things that are positive, with things that are good. And so one of the things to do that is to spend less time on Facebook. It's good to do it when we're talking with you and when churches are broadcasting. And there's a lot of great things out on Facebook right now. But, you know, first thing you do in the morning is it just get on that Facebook and check, get on the news, find out what's going. You know, that, that's okay. But do you find yourself doing that? Uh, you know, some people do it hours at a time through the week. That's not healthy and that's not good and it's certainly not necessary. We cannot, be, we cannot allow these things to consume and control us. So I want to, first of all, encourage you, start looking at the positive things. And if you look, there are some. Start looking at, and one of the best things to do is to spend more time in his word and less time maybe on some of the media and some of the other things that are exposing you to these things. This is not putting your head in the sand saying, oh, I don't see anything bad happening. There are some bad things happening for sure. But you don't need to let that be your focus. Secondly, look at or set your, set your eyes on what you have instead of what you don't have. We've been blessed. And I know there's some people maybe who are watching this today that, they, you know, there, there are some things you're facing economically as far as the needs of your home and family. And this is a place 
this is a place we, we, we can serve today. This is a way we can serve is to help people. But the tendency is sometimes when we're facing these things is to get all caught up in seeing, well, I need this, I need that, I don't have enough of this. It's important for us to focus more or look at how we've been blessed and what we do have. And we have a lot <laughs> instead of focusing on what we don't have. A third thing is, is look at or focus on others more than you do on yourself. What a tremendous opportunity for you to focus on your family right now with all the different events and the busyness. You know, normally this time of year, you who have children at home, you're running this way and that and, and, and school and all these things, and those are fine. Those are good. And, but now your situation has changed. Uh, your, your life situation, your home situation is different. So how are you going to respond to that? This is a way you can, you can build your family. Your family can actually grow closer together. And you can find ways to enjoy one another, to encourage one another, and ways to serve, ways to help. There are going to be all kinds of opportunities for us to reach out and help and encourage and bless those, particularly those that are in need. We don't need to be focusing or looking at ourselves. Focus on the fact that there are others there that we can reach, that we can bless. The very last thing is, and there's no substitute for this, look at the positive, not the negative. Don't focus. Don't focus on the negative in your life. Look at it. Put your eyes on what you have instead of just thinking about what you don't have. And look at it. Focus on others rather than all the focus or most focus on yourself. But finally, there's nothing that takes the place of just looking to the Lord. Look to him. Can I just remind you before we go that you can look to him. He's your father who loves you, who knows your needs. He's a father that promises to take care of you. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Our faith and confidence is in him. We don't have to be afraid because he says, I'll give my peace to you, not the kind of peace that the world gives. No reason for you to be afraid. Can I just encourage you? Look to him. You need to know this morning. You need to know today. He loves you. He loves you. It's proven on the cross and what he's done for you. He loves you. He will not forsake you. You don't have to worry. He will not forsake you. He will supply your need according to his riches and glory. That's what his word says. And he'll give you a peace that's beyond understanding. So Covenant Life family and those that are joining us on Facebook this morning, I just want to say we love you. We miss being able to be together this morning. But we're thankful for each and every one of you. And know that we stand with you. Know that we're praying for you and with you. And know that as we agree together, God's going to do some amazing things in the days to come. Let's pray together before we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, so grateful. We're so grateful for the time we can connect together. Time, Lord, that we can share together in worship, in your word, in what you want us to hear to help us walk through these days with confidence and with victory. Lord, help us to know that our that that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Lord, I thank you for each one that's listening or that's watching today. I pray your blessings on them. 
on each of their family members. God, we pray for healing. We pray for health, for protection over them. Uh, Lord, that no plague will come near their dwelling, their home. That, Lord, they'll experience safety and security in you. And that, Lord, even during these days, Lord, our hearts will be drawn to you even more than ever. And, Lord, we'll look at you and who you are and what you want to do in our lives. And in that, Lord, we can rejoice. We can just simply rejoice. We praise you today, Lord. We pray for our president, our vice president, for those, Lord, in leadership. We pray for wisdom and courage. We pray for those that are assisting those who are sick, those in the health profession, those who are standing to, 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 to bring encouragement and help for those that are hurting right now. Lord, we pray for those uh, that are facing this sickness and dealing with some severe issues right now. We pray, Lord, for uh, your divine touch that they'll look to you. Thank you for working through the, those that try to assist and minister to them, Lord, but you finally are a healer. We trust you to work in their lives. And God, our prayer is that there will be an awakening in our heart that more and more and more we'll look to you, that America will look to you, that we'll believe, God, for breakthrough in this situation and for victory and what the devil intended for harm, yes, we'll be turned into good. And God, as we go forward, Lord, that whatever happens or transpires in this time, Lord, that we walk it out without fear, but walk it out with courage and faith, trusting you for the strength, that's all, the, all the help that's available to us. You're our help in time of trouble. So thank you for that right now. Thank you, Lord, for the promises that we receive from your word. We choose, Lord, to receive them, to believe them, and walk in them. Thank you for blessing each one, Lord, in the days ahead until we connect again, Lord, uh, next Sunday morning, Lord. God, I pray, God, that you will guide them, that the things even they've heard this morning will encourage them to keep their focus on the right things. And know, Lord, that in all of this as we follow you, you will receive the glory, and that miraculously, Lord, you will do things, God, where people will, people will notice, God, that whatever, whatever resolution, whatever solution comes during this time, Lord, it's going to be from the work of your hands. It's going to be something that you do to divinely turn things around. And we give you thanks for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. You have a blessed week. We love you. We miss you. Look forward to being together again. Amen.